0: Welcome to the OK Jazz Podcast, episode number 166, Sunday, November 5th, 2023. My name is James Hussein Catchpole, Mr. OK Jazz, coming to you as always from the rough, gritty and unseasonably warm fall streets of North Yokohama, right here in the Tokyo metropolitan area of Eastern Japan, the world's largest megacity. I'm a freelance broadcaster and music writer, and this podcast is pretty much whatever's been on my playlists recently. No borders or genres, just a whole lot of great tunes. OK James Hussain, Katpo, Mr. OK well, that was a spine-tingling track there to kick off today's program. From the great teacher and leader Curtis Mayfield. Comes from his 1973 release, Back to the World, a tune called Right On from the Darkness. Well, this album is maybe not quite as well known to a lot of listeners as Curtis's first two solo albums, titled simply Curtis and Roots, uh, or of course his most famous record, which is the soundtrack to the film Superfly. But I think it's right up there with those, uh, musically and lyrically so on point, sadly as apt today as it was half a century ago. Well, the world's certainly shrouded in a lot of darkness right now. So many places, too. Not even just the horrific situation in Palestine, but in Congo, in Myanmar, in Pakistan, where it's almost hard to believe 2 million Afghani refugees are about to be forcibly ejected from the country. Ugh. Just constant, constant displacement, destruction, and deaths. All a bit much sometimes, to be honest. I'm sure many of you out there sometimes too doom scroll the news online and get a bit overwhelmed. but. It might be trivial, but I really do believe music is something that, at least for me, is not only a passion, but very much an outlet. It's kind of therapy, you could say. It makes everything just a little bit better, if only for a few moments. You can see the power of music in many places. Uh, for example, very clearly in somewhere like my beloved Congo, where they have faced not only a long civil war, a breakdown of civil society, endless corruption, and uh, massive interference from foreign actors, but the music there never, ever stops. I was watching an interview with one Congolese musician recently, and he was saying that the music could never stop in the Congo. It's simply an essential part of people's lives. Anyways, turn off the news for just ninety minutes or so. I'll let yourself get into some good tunes here on the OK Jazz podcast with me. I'm step away from all that craziness for just a little bit. So it's been a while since the last episode. My apologies. Uh, most of the month of October it was really packed for me. Um, I spent about nine days or so in Southern California on some family business. It was my first time really getting to see all around metro Los Angeles, and man, I have a lot of thoughts and impressions. We can get into that a little bit later in the program. I'm going to have a whole bunch of LA-based music selections for you as well, past and present. Um, Also, I just had a good couple days back here in Japan, um, hanging out with my good friend, Elon Pass. He is the photographer of the great book Dust and Grooves. It came out 10 years ago. It's a a huge photo collection of uh, vinyl collectors from around the globe. Well, he's now hitting the road again to prepare for the second volume. And he came over to Japan and was spending about two weeks here visiting jazz kisa, soul, and rock music bars, and maybe even private collectors as well. So I was helping him a little bit on that, hanging out. You can check out his work on his website or his social media and Instagram. It's at Mark Dust and Grooves, one word. So it's great to see Elon again, and really look forward to volume two of the book coming out next year. Well, we've also had some really good news uh, come in the other day about our own Tokyo Jazz Joints project. Uh, it just keeps on getting better and better with the book news, and I won't get into the full details of that a little bit later because we've got to get into the good stuff now, and that is music, music, music. I got a whole bunch of stuff for you today. Great new releases to hit. Music from Ghana, um, a real unexpected record that I just heard for the first time a couple weeks ago. Um, A couple of recent new releases from the USA, uh, jazz and otherwise. And also then, my promised long mix of selections of music from California, I think that you're going to enjoy. I mean, LA is such a great music town throughout the years, obviously. But first up, here is one I had on while I was taking a long morning walk the other day. I was feeling a bit tired, so I needed to get the big guns out, something energetic. This is one of the great collaborations in the world of so-called Latin music, it was right there in New York City was trombonist Willie Colon and vocalist Hector Lavoye. Well, Willie Colon was born in Spanish Harlem in Manhattan and Hector in Puerto Rico, but they made together a series of albums in the late 1960s and early 70s, where they brought together traditional Afro-Cuban styles, but added in a bit of New York and Boogaloo as well. Just giants of the emerging salsa scene there with Fania Records. Well, by 1973, sadly, the two were sort of drifting apart after all their success. Um, Hector was also getting deeper and deeper into drug abuse, unfortunately, and would contribute to his early death in 1993, at the age of only 47. But their final album together, called "Lomato," absolute classic And the tune that we're going to hear, featuring a traditional Puerto Rican bomba rhythm. In this one, Cologne's trombone inverses the riff of the group's classic song La Murga, and in the lyrics, Hector sings about the deaths of his parents and fighting hard to stay positive amidst a kind of a deep funk. Well, the two would work together in the future, but only as producer and singer, not in a working band, so it was kind of a bittersweet goodbye, but what an album to finish up with. And this tune is just one of the greatest of all Latin songs recorded in New York. So turn it up and get your feet moving a little bit. This is El Dia de Mi Suerte by Willie Colon and Hector Lavoie. OK Jazz, episode number 166. Icky
1: Y no me vuelve a traicionar eh, eh. Seguro que no puedo fracasar Estoy cansado de tanto esperar Y estoy seguro que mi suerte cambiará Pero cuando será
0: new music there. It comes from Ghana in West Africa. The group is Alokte Ojo and His Sounds of Joy. And that was a tune called Alemimine Me. And that comes from their second album release called Oyine. Well, this group comes from Northern Ghana. They are Frafra people, and they sing in the Frafra language, which is spoken in Upper Ghana and Burkina Faso. And they're actually a gospel group, though obviously they sound nothing like American gospel. Uh, this is a really incredibly diverse sounding album. I mean, parts of it sound like vintage Ghanaian high life. There's some acoustic, uh, there's some acoustic bits, even some Afrobeat and reggae rhythms pop in and out. Um, one that we heard, it doesn't really sound like anything else I can compare it to, actually a really amazing album, and we're going to hear this again for sure on my end-of-the-year podcast next month for certain. So super fresh new music from Alokte Oho and His Sounds of Joy from Ghana. Right, okay, speaking of fresh new music, um, the artist formerly known as Christian Scott, he is now known as Chief Ajua. well-known in the contemporary jazz world for his trumpet playing and many great album releases. But his latest is a real departure into a whole other world of music— It has the awesome title, Bark Out Thunder, Roar Out Lightning, and I think reading from the Bandcamp description here would help a little bit with this one. Bark Out Thunder, Roar Out Lightning is a complex work, as the artist formerly known as Christian Scott leads us on a new path, bridging past and future by marrying the folkloric styles, ceremonial and ritual practices of the Maroon and Afro-Indigenous chiefdoms, with the culture of New Orleans and stretch music. The result is a spellbinding exhibition of Afro, New Orleans, and West African expression, where music, dance, and cultures unite. End quote. Yeah, definitely a new path indeed for for this record. It took me a couple listens to sort of get deeper into what's really going on, but then it sort of opened up for me, and and now I really like it a lot. Interestingly, Chief Ajua he's laying off the trumpet on this album. Uh, Instead, you're going to hear his vocals but also his homemade instruments, uh, his version of the West African ungoni string instrument, and what he calls an Ajua bow. Well, as someone fascinated by the history of New Orleans and the African presence in American culture, this was a really, really fascinating project for me. Um, So if you would like to learn more about it, I do recommend getting online to read more about this. So some of the tracks are quite long, so I'm gonna hear one of the shorter ones today. It's called End Simulation by Chief Ajua.
2: simulation conscious youth of nation Again.
0: from 83-year-old jazz master Eddie Henderson. He has a new album out called Witness to History. That was a tune called Scorpio Rising. Featuring Donald Harrison on alto, George Cables on electric piano, Gerald Cannon on bass, and two drumming giants, Lenny White and Mike Clark, on that track. Wow, it's an awesome band. These jazz musicians are just so crazy good. I mean, think, Eddie Henderson still playing like that and releasing such fresh new music at 83 The other guy's in the band too, not exactly young either. It's called Witness to History, and it's on the Smoke Sessions label coming out of New York City. A lot of good new releases on that label. You know, New York really still is the center of jazz recording and live music for sure, no doubt about that. Okay, from New York City, let's cross the country to the Pacific Coast, that magical strange land known as California. So I mentioned I was in LA for about nine days. In October, it was quite a trip. Now, I have to admit to liking a lot of things about the place much more than I expected. I mean, uh, of course, I'm East Coast raised in New York City, so what do I know from the California lifestyle, but the insanely comfortable weather was, was really quite refreshing, especially coming from Cuban, Japan. Uh, the cafes, the bookstores, the record shops, of course, all top notch. Really great to see some old friends who very kindly took me and my daughter around and for some wonderful Mexican food. Shout out to the Van Dusen and Akil families, we miss you guys already. And it was certainly nice to be in a place, you know, with such a diverse population again. So many faces and cultures and languages again. That's not something you really get much in Japan, and it was really refreshing. But there was a downside, of course. Everything is crazy expensive in the U.S. I mean, almost to an absurd degree. I remember paying $8 for an espresso at one place. There's also just such a huge wealth gap in the U.S. I don't think I've ever seen more homeless people in America before. It's really quite a shock, just everywhere—malls, supermarkets, outside the hotel, on buses and trains. It's just so sad. A country so rich will let so many of its own people fall into these conditions with no real assistance. And, and of course, public transportation in Los Angeles ugh, gets a C-minus at best. In the Red Line Metro to Hollywood, maybe one of the worst trains I've ever ridden, just filthy, stinking, and confusingly laid out, and seemingly no schedule of departures and arrivals. The endless highways in California, the driving, all quite exhausting for me. Um, and definitely the worst thing of all, seeing signs everywhere that said, no guns allowed. Um, I just don't know what it would be like to live in that environment every day. I would find it very stressful to, to feel like we have to tell people not to bring their guns into a shopping mall. Maybe I've just been in sleepy Japan for too long. But in sum, though, it was still a great educational trip to a new part of the world for me. I mean, America is just so big that, you know, going from the East Coast to the West Coast really is like going to a different country. So enough rambling. Today on the show, I thought, let's do a little California playlist for the second half of the program. LA, of course, a great music town. Uh, One of the highlights of the trip for me was getting to see the famous Capitol Records building on Hollywood and Vine Streets. You know the one with that really cool circular design, so 1950s Jets in Space Age. Unfortunately, couldn't get in for a tour, but I was thrilled just to stand outside and take a picture of it. So let's hit a new f- <clears throat> So let's hit a few tunes that I really enjoy. From California. First up, not the original, but a cover of one of the most famous ever songs about California and Los Angeles in particular. One of my favorite musicians ever, Bobby Womack, doing his version of the Mamas and the Papas, California Dreaming. Kicking off our little OK Jazz California mix. Let's go. All the
3: leaves are brown, and the sky is gray for one On a
4: winter's day I'd be saving more If I was in L.A. California dreaming On such a weirder's
3: You ain't never caught a rabbit, so you ain't no friend of mine. It's a habit, barking up your tree with my nine. Keep your bitch on the leash, you're at home. On we'll knick-knack, patty-whack, give the dog a bone. The raw dog, fuck a law dog. Still handing out, down with my salt on. Cause every now and then I got to knuckle up, buckle up. Chin checking, it's so the party
0: For me the best of all the LA rap groups of the 90s. That's right. Very big hot take there, I know. The group is Cypress Hill. That's from 1995. Their third album released, Temples of Boom, a tune called Boom Biddy Bye Bye. Well, a few naughty lyrics in that one, but it's okay. Love the production on this album especially, which is so spaced out. It merges perfectly with the guy's lyrics and B-Real's high-pitched voice. Nobody ever sounded like B-Real rapping. Well, those first three Cypress Hill albums still sound so, so good. They hold up today well. And I was excited when I saw we were near Southgate in Los Angeles County, where Cypress Hill come from. It was kind of neat to see these places even if just by car that you've heard about so many times, you know? Well, when it comes to LA bands, though, um, one of the best, I mean, actually one of the best American bands, period, I should say, is Los Lobos. Now, they were formed in East LA many years ago, actually, about 1973. And the group mixes rock, blues, Tex-Mex, country, R&B, and even Mexican folk influences into their music. They've released over 20 albums in their career and have constantly been cited as one of the country's best live bands. And they sing comfortably in both English and Spanish. You know, having so many albums in the discography can be a little difficult to dive into their work, so I do recommend you check the two-CD compilation called Just Another Band from East L.A. It's a good place to start as is the album Kiko, widely said to be one of their masterpieces. Well, here is a track from that album Kiko. It's called Dream in Blue. It's the great Los Lobos from East L.A. First, brand new music from the city of San Bernardino, which is just to the east of Los Angeles. The groups called Fuerza Resida. There was a single released this past June called Sabor Fresa. While well, they have released eight albums to date, I will admit to never having heard of this band before, um, but while I was in Los Angeles, I heard this track playing in a shop I was in, so I asked about it, and I was really happy to start checking out their music. Um, reading from their AllMusic.com profile. Fuerza Regida are a Mexican regional quartet from Sinaloa, based in California, in San Bernardino. Alongside Rancho Humilde label mates Legado 7, they are progenitors of the Requinto Urbano style. This is acoustic music played in a rural vernacular, but with gritty urban lyrics. The band's songs focus on the hardships, joys and sufferings of urban Latinos. Well, I'm going to enjoy checking out more of their music because that track was just awesome. And after that, a group I first introduced a few years back on the podcast. Uh, they're called Dengue Fever, and they play a kind of a groovy, psychedelic rock inspired by the Cambodian pop and rock music of the 1960s and 70s. What well, you could hear on that tune that the lead singer is singing in the Khmer language. Well, that one was called Room 720, and it comes from their brand new album, just out in September, called Ting Mong. It's their sixth album release, but their first in eight years. The title Ting Mong is Khmer folklore meaning a decoy or a mannequin, something similar to a scarecrow used to fight away evil spirits and plagues. Very timely now, obviously. Well, Dengue Fever, a great band, so I recommend that you go and check out some of their albums. Um, a quick bit, uh, A quick bit of LA trivia regarding Cambodia, actually. I noticed when I was in LA, uh, there seemed to be a real large number of donut shops everywhere. I mean, a lot of donut shops, many of which clearly were individually run places, not chain stores, you know? Well, what I didn't understand at the time was that for many years, actually there were more than 2,000 such donut shops in the LA metro area and almost all of them were run by either first generation Cambodian immigrants or their children born in California. This is such a quirky and unique american story now it's a little too long to go into here but i recommend that you google the story of the donut king of la his name was ted ngoy that's n-g-o-y ted Ngoi, and be prepared to be blown away by his life story in cambodia and then in los angeles building his donut empire and then losing it all it's Absolutely insane story. That's it. It reads like fiction. Um, definitely one of the surprises of my trip. I mean, who would have thought that the that the donut industry would be dominated by a group of Cambodian guys? You know. Okay. Uh, so listen, when I was a kid growing up in Brooklyn and listening to classic rock radio, I think someone who to me seemed like the most prototypical LA type of musician was singer songwriter Jackson Brown. I would imagine I'm not the only one to think that, actually. I mean, maybe Jackson Brown or the Eagles, you know, sort of like the real California groups, although you're never going to hear the Eagles on this show, I can promise you that. I'm on Team Lebowski regarding them. But Jackson Brown, I've kind of grown to like a little bit through the years. Now, I think one of his biggest ever hits, this is a tune that you used to hear on the radio a lot in classic rock radio in the States, Come, came out in 1972. He was very young. He was only 23 years old. It was called Dr. My Eyes featuring a really tasty guitar solo by session guitarist Jesse Ed Davis, who played on so many great albums in the 1970s, with people like Taj Mahal and John Lennon. Um, Oh, yeah, if you have the chance, check out the great music documentary called Rumble, which is about the, the very heavy presence of Native Americans in rock and roll throughout the ages. Jesse Ed Davis was from the Comanche Nation in Oklahoma, and the film features quite a bit about his career as a session musician. He very sadly succumbed to drug addiction in 1988, aged only 44. So, here is the surprisingly young Jackson Brown singing Dr. My Eyes, featuring the great Jesse Ed Davis on guitar, on an L.A. rock and roll classic.
1: Dr. My Eyes have seen the year
0: A more contemporary singer songwriter there, who's more and more very synonymous with LA. That's the amazing Lana Del Rey a tune called Venice Bitch. That's such a great tune. Just goes into a whole new direction after two minutes. Well, we're going to be hearing from Lana Del Rey again on my year end podcast for sure. Her latest release called Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? There's another great one. And many songs again exploring the mythology of what LA is and has been. Well, you're listening to the OK Jazz Podcast episode number 166. A little bit more housekeeping here real quickly. Uh, so I mentioned at the top of the show some very good news about the Tokyo Jazz Noits photo book. Um, orders have come in so quick and so plentiful that it's pretty much now sold out. So we were very happy to hear from our publishers at Kara Verlag in Germany. There is going to be a second printing of the book aiming for the end of the year. Not exactly sure of the date yet, but as soon as I have confirmation, I will spread the word. So, if you've ordered a copy from Amazon in either the US or Japan and it has not arrived, my deepest apologies, that is out of our hands as Amazon, just like the horrible airline industry, uh, they basically overtake orders and then sort it out later. So uh, the the, the quickest way still to get the book is to order it directly from the of Verlag website. Um, if you're in Japan though get in touch with me and I will make sure that I can get you a copy of the book at the end of the year I'm going to be getting a whole bunch delivered to me uh, Directly and so I might just start taking them out and selling them at various events or you know We may hook up with a couple local bookstores here as well And definitely Kino Kunia, the great Japanese bookstore uh, is going to get a whole bunch too. So stand by for that at the end of the year um, Also, I have been teasing this a little bit not quite ready to give you the full details Next month I'll have it all ready to share. I'm working on a big new project, and uh, I'm basically trying to take over an old jazz cafe in Tokyo. Now it's all a bit complicated with rental agreements and shop licenses, timelines, and of course budgets. So spending a lot of time working through this, um, it's hard enough to sort of take over businesses. And then you add in that that this is all being done in Japanese where I'm severely lacking in a lot of uh, specialist terminology in my vocabulary, so doing a little bit of studying it's taking a lot of time but we do have a little bit of down payment ready and uh, we're going to be speaking with the owner again this month and there'll be a little fundraising campaign coming late december maybe january depends on some other factors but i will let you know about that very very excited i mean kind of feels like the natural next step for me after all my years of traveling around japan and visiting these jazz kisa Um, you know i think that is kind of an inevitable uh, next step for me and lastly, I am in the process of starting my year-end podcast. Is where every December I sort of go back and look at the year's releases that really jumped out to me. It's always a real fun one, but it's hard too, you know, because there's just so much great music. It's, it's hard to put together what were my favorites of the year. I can never get everything in one episode, but I'm going to take about four or five weeks to get that done, and it'll be up at, right after Christmas, just like last year. Although it does not feel like in any way winter is approaching. I mean... It was like 28 degrees the other day here in yokohama yikes enough blabbing let's get back into this one in the background here prototypical la band mixing funk soul jazz rock and latin sounds into their utterly unique stew it's the band war The tune called city country city from their classic album the world is a ghetto Called Medicine They're from Los Angeles. They were led by longtime producer and musician Brad Laner, and that was the opening track to their 1992 album, Shot Forth Self-Living, tune called One More. Not sure if people use the term anymore, really, but back then they used to call this type of music Shoegazing. Um, although I think most of the bands who were given that label really hated it. Well, I saw the group Medicine, actually. They play in New York in 1993. I can't remember which club it was, but man, they were loud. Now, people told us they were sort of an American version of My Bloody Valentine, and that's a pretty good comparison on record and in concert. Now, they're not a band as well-known, I think, today as some other prototypical LA groups, but I really like them, and I wanted to share that one with you here on the show. I imagine more than a few of you might have skipped to the end of that track, but that's okay. Not every music's for everybody. Well, that just about is it for today. I uh, hope you enjoyed the selections and my little mini-mix of tunes from the City of Angels, Los Angeles. Don't forget, as always, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at, at Mark, Mr. Okay, Jazz, Tokyo. You can hear the show via iTunes, SoundCloud, Tokyo Jazz Site, KOLradio.com. And email me directly at Mr. mrokjazz okay at marktokyojazzsite.com. I do get a lot of promos and people sending in music to share here in Japan. I do try to get to listen to all of it, sometimes it is difficult. It takes me a little bit of time to catch up, so please do understand if I don't respond to you right away. So I will leave you today with someone not always associated with the city of Los Angeles, but he in fact grew up there and was part of the very thriving jazz scene which included people like Art Pepper, Arthur Blythe, Chico Hamilton, Eric dolphy a lot of great musicians, uh, jazz musicians born in L.A. It's an orchestral piece by the great Charles Mingus, I think one of America's greatest composers and band leaders, and someone whose music I've now been in love with for more than 30 years since I first heard him in my freshman year of college when I was 17 years old. This track comes from his album Let My Children Hear Music, and it's called The Eye of Hurricane Sue. I think you'll enjoy it, and I will chat with you all again in about six weeks' time for my end of the year recap episode. Until then, you, sama o kiki de ite arigatou gozaimasu. Ohai to wa James Gasworth.
2: Okay.